May 19th, 2019, Money in the Bank. This is the Wrestling Inc. pay-per-view. I'm Glenn Rubenson, joined by Matt Morgan, Raj Geary. We have to start with the end of that pay-per-view, right, guys? Matt, did you see that coming? Did you think that was going to be the outcome tonight? No, and I'm annoyed with it. Raj? I definitely didn't see that coming. Uh, I mean, we knew that Brock Lesnar was going to be wrestling in Saudi Arabia. He's going to be most likely facing Seth Rollins. Uh, so it makes sense. Uh, it was I mean, it was an interesting surprise, but, you know, we're just kind of reverting back to uh, reverting back to where we were as opposed to trying to create new superstars. And that's been a big problem that WWE has had. And I feel like coming out of tonight's pay-per-view, I thought it was a fun show, but you're not creating new superstars like large in life characters. And I felt like Brock winning, you know, kind of underlines that problem. Yeah. It was a weird pay-per-view overall, right? I mean, we saw some matches that didn't really make sense. A lot of outcomes were the status quo. There was some action on the women's front. But, uh, Matt, how would you book this with Brock Lesnar going forward and him being the money in the bank briefcase it, holder? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. They got rid of him. and it was I can't believe I'm saying this about him, but they got rid of him, and it was good. And people are going to say, well, the ratings shot down, yada, yada, yada. You need to have name brand big value talent on the roster. This is what happens when you don't. Fine, get anybody but him. He's played out. Go get freaking do anybody, Brooklyn Bowl, anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, do something different with him. Let him cut his own what? promos. Do something different. He's been doing the same shit even for seven years. Do, even if you do, then the bell rings, and we see the same crap happen again, where he just eats people alive, and then it, they've got to take an Uzi and a machete for him for anybody to beat him. It's It's ridiculous. <laughs> See, that's where I disagree. I think Brock's matches are, they're the most interesting to me because I have no idea huh. how they're going to go. I find like oh, the other wrestlers, you know what it's going to be. You're going to be, it's going to be, you know, uh, false finishes and two counts and kicking out of each other's finishers. Well, let me With ask Brock, you, we don't know. Well, let me ask you this real quick. Back in 2000, let's say 2005, when, when, when did Brock leave to go play football? Uh, that was, that was WrestleMania 20, right? Okay, so for those two to three years before that, right, where after he beat The Rock and all that other stuff and he was on top, it wasn't an upset anytime Kurt Angle beat him. It wasn't an upset if Eddie, well, Eddie Guerrero beat him was. But even then, it wasn't that big of an upset, honestly. Like, it is today. It looks like a, a schoolyard kid beat the bully um, every time Brock loses now. And it doesn't – he's not – those guys are not coming up to his level. That's not what's happening. Right. Yeah. But I back then, if he lost, it was believable any of them could beat Brock on a given night as champion, too. Yeah, that is a problem is that beating Brock does not bring you up to his level, which is what the whole point of putting that much equity into someone yeah. should do. I agree. I almost think he should cash in and lose to Seth to strengthen yeah. Seth. They're not going to do yeah. that. I think that's what they're doing. I think uh, so. Because it's going to be Seth and Lesnar at Saudi Arabia. So I'm assuming this is all done to set that up. What a waste of a money in the bank. What a waste yeah. of a money in the bank. Brock could have just came in the front door and said, I'm back, bitches. I'm Brock Lesnar. I got a championship match. If Vince can just make it happen. And it would have been believable. He didn't need to waste. They didn't need to waste this on him. Do you know how much this could have done for all of those Drew. guys in that ring? Andrade, Drew, Ricochet, right. Finn, Ali. Yeah. It was, it's a blown opportunity to, to build a new star. Yeah. Yeah, what a great uh, match. Well, that match was awesome, by the way. That match was so I love that match. I don't it was know. Ali was awesome. I thought I thought he was uh he kind of stole the, the match, in my opinion. I thought he was amazing. Uh Finn was great. Finn's bumps were great. Is he insane? Oh my, oh my gosh. 
Yeah. Michael Cole's reactions finally were the best because those were the shoot reactions we're all thinking, going, what the fuck? What are these guys doing to themselves <laughs> out there? Michael Cole sucked tonight, though, I thought. But, not, with, well, not, 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 not selling not those guys' bumps. Yeah, yeah, not no. selling those guys' bumps yeah. he wasn't because he's right. I just think of like how JR would be calling that, and you would just think like they're just dying out there with, with those bumps there because they were insane. But um, yeah, it was a. Uh, also, you know, I thought this pay per view was actually really strong as far as a action standpoint goes. It was wrestling was great. I just think that end surprise. I mean, it was a surprise. I thought it was going to be Bray Wyatt because he's so hot right now, uh, oh, and the circumstances yeah. under which Sami Zayn was strung up and taken out. But yeah, this uh, was a very unexpected. And I liked the grin that Brock had. That shit eating grin he had at the end made me think maybe it will be different this time, and Brock will at least have some fun with this because he knows he's the ultimate spoiler. As the Money in the Bank briefcase holder. Yeah, our Twitter poll on, on our Wrestling Inc. account, it's a big thumbs down for the pay-per-view. And I know it's just because of Lesnar. It's the last, like, four <laughs> minutes, right? <laughs> because I bet you it was a huge thumbs yes. up until that happened. Yep. There was good stuff that happened. I think uh, the moves they made yes. on the women's division was definitely uh, the opposite direction, right? The nightmare scenario for the internet smart, uh, internet wrestling community fan would have been Mandy Rose winning Money in the Bank, Lacey beating Becky and Charlotte beating Becky and the blondes got shut out tonight. Yeah. <laughs> as far as leaving with championships and opportunities. Uh, the show started off with a match that was not for the SmackDown tag titles yeah. on the pre-show. That was Rowan and Daniel Bryan versus the Usos. A hell of a match. No stakes. Matt, did you watch this? No, it was good. When I, was it Jimmy or Jay, one of the Usos pinned Daniel Bryan to win this? So Daniel Bryan is wrestling for the WWE, you know, defending the WWE Championship at WrestleMania a month ago. Yeah. And he's jobbing on the pre-show. And I love the Usos. I, you know, we sing their praises all the time. They're awesome. But to be yeah. losing on the pre-show in a tag match, that has no stakes. It wasn't even for the titles. Yeah. What the, f you know? <laughs> what? Anyway. Yeah. And the, uh, what a waste. The Raw tag team titles not defended on the show. It just, just kind of was some weird stuff overall with this a very stacked card, a lot of matches, but a lot of short matches also yeah. that they absolutely blew through. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Once you you had the brand split, so you had a bunch of a bunch of people that probably shouldn't be on the pay-per-views that were on, right? Uh, a bunch of talent to help build them up. But now it's the opposite where it's a lot of people that should be featured that aren't getting the the pay-per-view time. And you're seeing that, you know, and you saw that tonight. Um, they opened the official Money in the Bank pay-per-view with, uh, in memory of Ashley Massaro card, who passed away on Thursday at the age of 39, former WWE superstar. Raj Wrestling Inc. had some of the story uh, there in the details. Should we talk about that later in the episode, or do you want to cover that? Uh, we, can, we can talk about it real quick. There's not there's not much else that's known. Um, there were uh, there was a fake Facebook post by Shelly Martinez, who was an aerial with uh, yeah. who was the, yeah. the vampire gimmick? What was that? Uh, Kevin Thorne. Yeah. Um, so she was close friends with Ashley Massaro. And there was a fake, fake Facebook post that made the rounds. That wasn't from her, but it claimed to be from her Facebook account. So that was claiming some things which weren't true. So it's not known how she passed away. Um, yeah. You know, I think a lot of people, there are a lot of people that are assuming certain things. She, she did struggle with depression and stuff in the past, um, but there's nothing known. Uh, but man, she was 39 years old, had a daughter. Wow, it's just twenty-year-old daughter. Yeah, wow. No, it's just uh, just awful news. 
Oh, absolutely. And uh, glad to see the WWE paying respect. Uh, yeah, she was involved in that lawsuit against WWE that was dropped last September. WWE had sent us a statement with some excerpts from Ashley's email uh, that was sent a month later, which I don't know. I just thought it was a weird thing to... I don't know. I thought it was weird that they sent parts of an email, not the whole email, just parts of it. Um, but yeah. It's a strange time in the company. And is it true, Raj, that backstage before tonight's show, WWE, Stephanie McMahon gave sort of a rah-rah speech about the brand. And in that, they acknowledged that AEW was competition? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's got to be a very, very weird time within the company right now. Well, I mean, it's they're getting comp real competition on a national level for the first time in 20 years. And we know how, you know, how that went for a while. WWF at that time was, I, I mean, there was a time there where it looked like, man, is WCW going to put these guys out of business? When it, when it was announced that Bret Hart was leaving for WCW, it felt like, I remember everywhere people were reporting, is this the, the final nail in the coffin? Like, that's what it kind of felt like at that time. I mean, people forget how vulnerable was uh, WWE was at that time. So they don't want that. <laughs> they don't want that again. I mean, yeah. it's not going to happen again anytime soon, but they don't want that competition. And AEW going to Turner definitely. Uh, it's huge news. Has a well position. Matt, when you were with TNA, how, how much do you think it legitimately felt like you were chomping at their heels, breathing down their neck? giving them real run for their money is dot for dominance. I game. really thought once Hogan came in, we would, you know what I mean? Well, not that we were yeah. going to be in ratings, but, but that we would take some of their viewers away for sure. And then maybe eventually a few years later, if we were able to build upon that, maybe, but I would argue our best years were 08 to 2010, where I know we had a better show. I know it was better written. I know the storylines lasted longer. The, the wrestlers we had were better. It's right around time. Jack Swagger was champion. Mm. Whenever, whatever year that was, I know our show was better top to bottom at the time. Um, and you, anybody that wants to challenge that, you can go back and look up to those, look up those shows, 08, 09, 2010, and you'll see what I'm saying. As right before Hogan came in, dude, there was a time when uh, TNA was doing two million viewers every now and then. It wasn't the normal number, but they hit two million viewers. That's more than SmackDown's doing now, and that's almost where Raw is at. So there was a time there where TNA. I mean it. WWF was way hotter back then, but TNA was a legit threat. I remember when I was at Universal Studios, uh, I think it wasn't my honeymoon. I think it was uh, maybe first anniversary, and they're going around, hey, you want to come see a wrestling show? We got Hulk Hogan. We got Rob, Rob Van Dam, all this mm -hmm. stuff. And I remember people being very impressed. It was mainstream, it seemed, with TNA at the time, you know, more so than it ever had been. I mean, the 20 main names. Yeah. Lot, but, and they should have done more with it, but they didn't. I'd argue, again, right before they came, in my opinion, was our best shows as far as entertainment went. And they're pushing all the young guys. Right around right main event mafia time. That makes sense. The <laughs> um, was well, that they didn't uh, do enough. Like when they started Fortune, right? Like with uh, Bobby Roode and James Storm. It was a cool faction, uh, but they didn't do enough to, like, it was disbanded within like a few months. The main event Mafia was a cool group. It was, just, yeah, man, you were, you were feuding with them. Uh, disbanded, you know, like within a year. They didn't kind of go all the way. And I, you know, that's a, that's a different topic for a different yeah. day, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, to that end, let's talk about the note that AEW Double or Nothing, which is one week, uh, less than one week away, coming up Saturday night. Now, Raj and Matt will be doing the podcast after that at Wrestling Inc. I'll actually be in Vegas for Double or Nothing and at the after party sponsored by Blue Chew. Uh, Adam Page versus Pac got pulled from Double or Nothing and supposedly over a creative decision. What are the details on that, Raj? So apparently... Uh, Pac don't want to do the job. 
Well, well, there there are reports now that Pac was supposed to win, but I made that up, by the way. (laughs) Well, I mean that's what everyone's assuming, right? Really? Yeah, because wins Uh, and losses matter, which I love. I love that they are making wins and losses matter, so they're not doing a cheap finish. Uh, Where it looks crappy is that it, you know, a week before they have to cancel one of their top matches on the show um, because of someone uh, for something they they should have known for a long time. Uh, Pac is the Dragon's Gate champion. He takes the wins and losses seriously. He's he, the undefeated streak that he's on seriously. He won't lose. I guess there was some talk that Pac would be winning and then losing eventually to, to Kenny Omega and feeling like they can't get there with Pac refusing to lose. So, yeah. you know, they decided to cancel this match altogether. So they, they should. How's Kenny Omega not going to be the first champion? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess How they, they want to build to Kenny Omega winning the title as opposed to him just getting it right no, off the bat. No, no, he's a bigger name right off the bat. He wins someone like that. Then you build an Adam Page. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I see the argument for that, but that's that's they were going with Adam this. Page being the first champion right off the bat. He's not known enough to do it. I love him, a fan of his work, but I agree I'd like to see him be able to cash in on it and really help that company. He's, he can if they build him with enough TVs. Page is a superstar in the making. I mean, he's got the yeah. look. You know, he's, he's young got, as hell. Yep. He's yeah. got enough size. He's got enough size in today's era yes. uh, to be a top guy. He's so, awesome. Yeah, he's great. So uh, to play rumor killer, Raj, what do you think the odds are that Moxley is the replacement for Pac <laughs> and Sangman Page at Double or Nothing? <sighs> I mean, they. I feel like, uh, I mean, there was a big, uh, big blunder on their part with letting this match fall apart this close to the show. They they're gonna have to pull something out of their hat, and that's yeah. probably the biggest thing, right? Outside of CM Punk, no, it, I, Moxley, and then you have to have Moxley win, right? Yeah, yeah, you don't bring him in and have him lose right off the no. bat. Uh, but Moxley is supposed to be filming this Cage Fighter movie, and uh, and that's you know what he's supposed to be doing for the time being until he's done filming it. So, so what? They're not doing a full like tournament or something exactly. like that, right? Can he just show in, show up, do TV bounce? I did. It, I yeah. shot American Gladiators in, um, in California for crying out loud and flew back to Orlando to do TNA four wow. days in a row, back to California to do American Gladiators again. Yeah, and you're, talking, you're talking a handful of nights that he'd be working with the AEW schedule right now until they moved to Turner in the fall. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's not a uh, it's not a big time commitment. So, sure. And the cons can afford it. I think they could write him a check for uh, you know a lot of zeros. A lot of that has to deal with what is his deal with WWE? Did WWE give him? You know, the way they sent him out just makes me think like he's going to end up back there. They don't do that for other talents. They normally don't. I thought that would have been more likely tonight than Brock Lesnar. If you would ask me an hour ago. Yeah, me too. Me too. Or Sabio Vega. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. Uh, so we're going <laughs> to recap all the money in the bank in a moment. But first, I want to thank a brand new sponsor to the Wrestling Inc. podcast, and that's Nutsack. Nutsack <laughs> makes bags for men. That's Nutsack spelled N-U-T-S-A-C. How did they get their name? They were told they were nuts to manufacture in America. Nutsack make perf- makes perfect bags for your everyday carry. Uh, I've been using my Nutsack that they sent to me. I've got a Satchel Pro. I absolutely love it. I can fit my iPad Pro in there, my keys, my wallet, my AirPods. Keep a notepad in there as well. It's got everything I need when it's on the go. I'm not stuffing my pockets anymore. I'm not sitting on my wallet, for Christ's sakes. So you have a big Nutsack. I, I have not the biggest Nutsack, Matt, but it's it's sizable. I think my Nutsack could have been bigger, just for the record. I think well, I could have been 
Yeah. It's yeah. perspective, Matt. I mean, always. Matt, you're like eight <laughs> feet tall. So, you know, proportionally, your nutsack's <laughs> going to look a little smaller. I'm just saying. Uh, but no, these bags are absolutely incredible. And we've got a special deal for our listeners, so stay tuned. Uh, these bags are comfortable. They offer a wide, wide range made from high-quality materials and excellent craftsmanship. American waxed canvas, American leather, American labor, made in the USA, strongly water-resistant, and they come with a lifetime guarantee, which I love. I've been going through messenger bags. I've been going through backpacks, probably at a rate of about two every five years. And what I love about this is your nutsack is an investment. This is something that's going to last you a lifetime. If it falls apart, if it has any issues, they're going to replace it. And in fact, they've got a guarantee, a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you buy a nutsack, you give it a try. If you don't love it, they're going to give you your money back. It's comfortable. It's rugged. It's durable. You can beat the hell out of it. And again, just keep your stuff in there. You're going to be better organized. You can just grab your nutsack and go. Real, We've got a special. Oh, yeah, man. Real, real quick. The other day I had my nutsack and I was getting in the car and I slammed it in the car door and it was still okay. Yeah. So I, and I actually, I just got mine a, a week and a, a week and a half ago, I think. And I took it yeah. on a hike because I never take like a laptop bag or anything. I put my laptop, my phone, everything in there because usually my pockets are just full and it was just awesome. Like it was just easy to hike with, you know, put down. Was your nutsack bouncing a lot when you were hiking or no? It, it was, yes. And yeah, then, you put a lot of stuff in it though, your wallet. That was smart <laughs> yeah. though, you know what I mean? It didn't yeah. fall out like you said. Absolutely. It, I mean, they're very, uh, it's very rugged, the nutsack. I'm uh, <laughs> getting mine packed and ready to go for StarCast in Vegas. And so if you see me walking around, just yell out, hey, nice nutsack. We'll yeah. say hi. We'll have a moment. It won't be awkward at all. Uh, but these bags are fantastic. Okay, so here's what you got to do. Go to the website, nutsack.com. That's N-U-T-S-A-C.com. N-U-T-S-A-C.com. Check it out. You're going to love the selection they have there. And you're going to get $5 off your order, off your first purchase, when you use our promo code, which is wrestling at checkout. Again, that's N-U-T-S-A-C.com. Promo code wrestling at checkout to save five bucks. You're going to love this. This is great. I've been a big proponent of the man bag for years, but the problem is a lot of them guys, they look like a purse, but with the nutsack, they're going to know you're a guy. It's rugged. It's tough. It's durable. And they're hella fashionable to boot. Can't beat it. Nutsack, N-U-T-S-A-C.com. Promo code wrestling. Save $5 at checkout. I'm so excited to have them here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. And we are, you know, making some some jokes here but they it is really a cool bag like i i did take it on the hike and they are you know they, really they last i thought they thought the other innuendo i thought for sure they're thinking of the latter of course they know that That's right <laughs> but 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 Killing no i mean yeah i know but it's easy for people to discount it based on the name but you know check oh. out the site see what they've got it, it i would really not be cool. using it people you know that i would not be using it if it wasn't awesome yeah. Yeah, no, I, this, I've owned a lot, a lot of messenger bags in my time. This is the absolute best. It's beautiful. I've got one right here. You can see my nutsack whipping it out on the Wrestling Inc. podcast, as it were. <laughs> and uh, mind, seriously. Yeah, substantial sack. Uh, N-U-T-S-A-C.com, promo code wrestling, save five bucks. And we thank them for sponsoring the Wrestling Inc. podcast. And uh, yeah, they're going to be a regular part of the show for the coming months. So look for more from us, more of our journeys with our nutsacks here on Wrestling Inc. Uh, let's talk about Money in the Bank for a little bit. And the opening match, the women's Money in the Bank ladder match, Natalia versus Dana Brooke versus Naomi versus Nikki Cross versus Mandy Rose versus Bailey versus Ember Moon versus Carmella. Nikki Cross, a replacement for Alexa Bliss, who was uh, not medically cleared to compete. Do you know the story there, Raj? Uh, with Alexa Bliss. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Alexa Bliss had suffered a concussion. Uh, 
I guess it was late uh, late last month in a match with Naomi. Um, has not been clear. She hasn't wrestled yet. I guess they thought she would be cleared in time for this pay-per-view. She's had a lot of, uh, or has, has had several um, over the last year or so. I think it's starting to get to the point where it's starting to get concerning. Uh, but she was not, you know, they felt like her being in a, a ladder match was probably not the best thing. I think mm-hmm. she's going to be coming back soon, probably as soon as tomorrow night. But they didn't want her to come back in this smart. match. So very smart. And I predicted Bailey was winning, guys. Go back and watch the tape. <laughs> hey, hey, there you go. I, I had Mandy Rose, and it was Bailey and Mandy Rose at the end. Hey, and uh, you know, we had that that moment with uh, Mandy looking like she was gonna win with Sonya Deville helping her up the ladder, helping her to that win. How strong is Sonya lifting Hurry. Mandy up that ladder? Hurry. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying it should have been Mandy, but I think that Sonya and Mandy have such a great story. If they ever pull the trigger and actually tell it and break them up, there could be a great feud here. I just don't feel like they're ever going full on with this. Storytelling has not been WWE's forte lately. So they, they have something there. There's something that they've been building. Could they easily just drop it and never gets heard from again? Yeah. I, that's very possible. Yes, they could. <laughs> they absolutely could. But I agree with you. I think uh, I think that's that's where they should go. Yeah, I wonder if that's sort of the attitude backstage. If Vince literally thinks, "Oh, the audience tells their own story; they fill in their own blanks." The wrestlers do they, this. Yeah, all on absolutely. I mean, look at this wild card rule. You have they say four people, and then you have six on SmackDown. You know. I mean, they're not adhering to it. You had the pre-show with the Usos were a Raw tag team. So first, the wild card was supposed to be between Raw and SmackDown. Apparently, it applies to pay-per-views. They never mentioned that. Usos are facing Daniel Bryan and Rowan. They never mentioned if it's a title match or not. It's just There was a tweet that it was a title match, and they deleted it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they don't know what the they don't know what they're doing. Uh, it's just a mess right now, creatively. It's and it, it sucks that the fans care more than the company does about the consistency and the storylines. You know, well, we have to draw our own conclusions. Like, oh, the Usos count as one, you know, <laughs> when they do the, the wild card. But say that. Have the commentators say that. Um, yeah. No, and we had that with Bailey tonight winning. I mean, look, that was a great way to build off audience sentiment. I think everyone was very happy in the yeah. crowd for that uh, for that win. We'll talk about her cash in later. But what was interesting is her interview afterwards, they were name-dropping Sasha Banks and talking about uh, their tag team championship uh, reign, just all the be it short-lived, and then how Bailey came to SmackDown and what she was there to do. So it's very interesting. you got to wonder if this was perhaps in the cards for Sasha had she uh, stuck around after WrestleMania. What went on? What went on to happen? Make no mistake about it. Not that Bailey doesn't deserve. She deserves this first and foremost. What happened tonight? Okay. Yeah. But make no mistake. That was also a shot to Sasha. Yeah. Be very clear about this. That's how exactly how they work. It was totally a shot. That's how. That's how I read it. It was kind of like, this is you know we're giving opportunities. You could have stuck around, but mm-hmm. you decided to complain even though i think sasha was right you look at where the iconics are right now you look at where the women's tag titles are right now people forget about it um but you know they they have their way of doing things look at the revival shaving backs and you know rubbing their nuts on on raw matt could you imagine if you were backstage right now the weird psychological politicking that would be going on to make it think that somehow you're going to spite some other wrestler if you get an opportunity if you know it's 
Well, that, that somehow it's going to hurt another wrestler if you get an opportunity. Like, oh, you know, that would make so-and-so so mad if they put the belt on Matt Morgan. You know, we should do that just to spite that other talent, you know? No, that's nothing. Yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah, but this is like some next-level shit going on. I'm, I'm on Ryback's podcast this week. And oh, really? Yeah, and he talks so much about the vindictive stuff that WWE would pull, pull. And by the way, so many things about like how much uh, people get hurt in the pocketbook uh, with losing their push. Like Matt, he talks about how much he made with the, the WrestleMania match with Mark Henry. And then the next year when he was in uh, with, uh, what was it called? Rybaxel, yeah. I think was the, the tag team name. And his pay for that show, it went mm -hmm. from like 500 grand to 50 grand, or it was something crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he just detail. I mean, we go into details as far as numbers go, um, you know, like just and just uh, backstage stories and things like that. So it's going to be on Ryback's podcast. We're going to have stories on it. And then we're, uh, we'll be releasing it on the Winkly uh, some, at some point as well. So speaking of pay and uh, match status and position after this, after Bailey won, we had the United States title match, Rey Mysterio versus Samoa Joe. Is there? Oh, by the way, Bailey yeah. won that match. Did we say that? Yes, we did. Okay. Bailey is uh, the money in the bank winner. <laughs> Making forever to get there, but yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Rey Mysterio versus Samoa Joe in uh, one of tonight's many short matches. So Matt, from a pay-per-view payout, does a short match like this pay the same as doing something like Kofi versus KO? Yes, at this level, at the look, like, what do you mean, the length of the match? Yeah, I mean they had like a thirty-second match. Yes. Wow, it's crazy. Is Joe no, sick it, or something? If, if Joe went longer versus Joe going shorter, yeah, you know, they would pay the same. Wow, that's yeah, impressive. yeah, absolutely. I mean, Brock is. Brock got his payday for that short math match with Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. Not the not, they're not like, hey, man, we're cutting your pay tonight because you're only going to go three it's minutes. The booking committee. It's the booking that did that. You know, the writers that. Yeah. Make their time limits, not the wrestlers. Uh, very short match. There was blood in the match. Joe was bleeding. Uh, he looked jacked. Absolutely. Um, I mean, fucked up in the face with mm -hmm. whatever the kick or whatever was at the end. Yeah. Not, not jacked like ripped. Yeah, no, if you look online, you can see, like, there's a great anime gif with, like, the blood coming out of his nose. Like, just gnarly. Um, but, yeah. I hate, I hate what they're doing with Joe. He, he, they could be so, doing so much with him. And the first of the weird finishes where his shoulders weren't really down, commentary was shitting on the refs. Uh, but Rey Mysterio is the United States champion. Mm. <laughs> I love yeah. Rey, but... Uh... I I just think back to when they did that uh, the Samoa Joe and Brock feud and what a killer Joe looked like during that and yep. how quickly they, he got brought down. This is why they're not making superstars right now. They'll build someone quick, Braun Strowman, perfect example, mm -hmm. and then just drop them for no reason. Yep. And and then every people just see him as just another guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, after this quick match, so there's more of a beatdown after Samoa Joe getting his uh, comeuppance over Ray. Dominic was there. Uh, Surprised they didn't have him attack Dominic yeah. yet. I wonder if they're waiting for that or. But yeah, that's got to be coming. It's or or Dominic on Ray, something's coming. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Braun Strowman was backstage looking for Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn talked to Triple H earlier, worried that uh, Braun was going to come and attack him. That led to Sami Zayn being strung up and unresponsive, taken to a local medical facility and out of the Money in the Bank match for later. Braun was ejected, though, since he got the blame for that. Uh, we have the Steel Cage match, The Miz versus Shane McMahon. Another ref instance where the ref broke the count with Shane holding the rope, Ian commentary saying, like, wait a second, in Steel Cage, 
no DQ. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't stop the count for a rope break. Um, what did you think of this match compared to uh, Shane's other matches, Matt? I, I thought it was good. I mean, it wasn't terrible, right? Yeah, I mean, there was no holy shit moment of him doing a massive stunt, though. He did that. Good. <laughs> he's he's yeah. getting old, man. He should not be doing those. That's why we watch Shane matches, though. <laughs> Usually why we watch Shane matches, though. It's yeah, absolutely. But we've seen so many of them. He has to do it every week. There's no way to keep that up which should be a sign. Keep having him out there, have him cut promos, help get people over on the mic. He doesn't have to wrestle. Yeah, tonight he didn't. I don't think he, his presence added anything to this match. Yeah, athletically, I, no. Miz loses again. Loses at WrestleMania, loses again. I'm sure he's uh, going to get his win back at some point. But it's not going to matter. It's gonna be it doesn't game. matter, yeah. And they've made him look weak. Uh, I think, you know, mm. uh, because in all their exchanges, like on Raw and SmackDown, uh, Miz will attack Shane, and then by the end of it, Shane turns the tables and kicks Always. the shit out of Miz. Yes. <laughs> so it's like the only reason to do that would be for Miz to finally get his win, even yeah. though week after week of doing that, you're still building Miz, you know, bringing Miz down and down, mm -hmm. and then he loses. So I think they just kind of buried Miz as a babyface. He needs to turn heel. This isn't going to go well for him. Yeah. So Shane got the win tonight. He escaped. Uh, they announced tomorrow that on Raw, Hall of Famer Mick Foley is announcing a new title, new WWE title tomorrow night. Do you have any insight on what that could possibly be, Rush? This is the first I've ever heard of it. So the last thing we see where the women's tag titles is right now, they don't need any new titles. They Hopefully they're merging something is, is my hope. I hope they, they're announcing the, the, the tag titles and they merge the Raw and SmackDown tag titles or something because uh, they don't need any. Maybe names. Ray versus Finn Balor and they so, merge the, the U.S. and the Intercontinental and call something different. Could they do that, though? The Intercontinental has been around so long. Or yeah, they just call it the Intercontinental. I don't think they could get rid of that. U.S. was is not part of their lineage, you know, right. before WCW. Yeah. But Intercontinental, yeah. Back when Pat Patterson Mick won the tournament in Rio, Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> but it's Mick Foley making the announcement. Does that give us a clue? I thought hardcore. I think that, yeah. right? But yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought too. But then it's like in today's PG environment, you see how hardcore they get. And that's, that's going to be, what, and that was always the most meaningless of meaningless titles. Do you need a nut? You know, do you need that? And then John right. Moxley returns to win the hardcore championship. <laughs> Oh, that'd be a waste of his, uh, of the interest in him, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, the cruiserweight match, this was interesting tonight. I thought Aria Davari versus Tony Nice. thought they put on a hell of a match. Yeah. Um, crowd woke up for this, but I love the entrance on this. I thought they made Davari look like a million bucks. I thought the wrestling was really good. Davari tries and, you know, yeah. there's just no one watches 205 live. No one knows who these guys are. So it was like a fart in church with this match where they're, they're busting their ass trying and no one gave a shit. But this is another reason why I hate to say this because I can't wrestle this style myself, obviously. So, but this is why you can't keep bringing Brock back because you need to continue to have these type of matches on these cards to condition the fans that wrestling's changing. We thought it changed since Daniel Bryan and CM Punk got the push. It's changing again. It's evolving again. It's quicker. It's faster. More athletic. You don't have to be 10 feet tall to do it. You don't have to be jacked to do it. You got to be an athlete. Um, and 
a fast act, you know, fa- fast action stuff, right? I mean, not just mm-hmm. spot, 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 but fast action. And they got to continue to continue to condition these fans. And there's going to be a lull like there was when Shawn Michaels was first starting to come up and get and Brett and Bret Hart won the title. You know what I mean? Like before that happened, there was like a lull in the business, if you remember. Oh, it was a huge lull, yeah. And, and and like Nash was a champion, I believe, Diesel, right? And he's feuding with Mabel. People thought that was terrible because they're like, what's going on in ECW? We can watch all this other stuff going on where there's a lot more action. What the hell is this stuff? We don't want to see this anymore. We want to see fast, you know, more action, right? And I think we're, I think we can go there. We're, we're about to go there, but they've got to continue. They got to get these guys off 205 Live, number one. And they've got to make, like, this is the, this is the route you guys are going to take. So if you are, you cannot continue to have Brock come in and eat these guys alive. You can't. And then also, Matt, uh, to, to your point, I agree. I just think like people need to know who you are to care about your match. They don't give a shit about pe- two people having a good match if they don't know who they are. Yes. And by not having them on Raw and SmackDown, I don't think either of these guys have been on Raw or SmackDown in a year, um, at, at least. Manny was the most nice guy. Yeah. And so I, I I mean, I feel like Eric Bischoff booked the cruiserweights way better. You know, you'd start them off hot early in the show when yeah. the crowd is hot. Yes. Uh, people get to know the characters. Yep. I mean, people would shit on Eric Bischoff for not pushing it later. And the, the guy's not going on to the world title level. But that cruiserweight division was hot. Like That's fans would react. Mysterio became a superstar. Uh, Eddie Guerrero, uh, Chris Jericho uh, all became much bigger than they were before. WWE's cruiserweight division is doing nothing for these guys. It's it's an yeah. albatross. I mean, no one knows who Tony Nese is. No one, you know, Buddy Murphy moved to SmackDown. Hasn't been, you know, you know, his face is on a milk carton. Him and Eric Young. Got to get him on TV more. Yeah, you yeah. got to feature them. Get rid of 205 Live. Feature these matches on SmackDown or Raw or whatever. And uh, make that part of the show. Don't have purple ropes and try to act like it's its own brand. It's just a different title, like a tag title. Yeah. Yeah. I thought Ari Davari's entrance tonight was really good. I was surprised they didn't give him the win uh, and try and do something with this character. But Tony Nese retained. Um, good match. But yeah, it's uh, further highlights the problems with the cruiserweights. I want to take a quick moment here. Thank the second sponsor of this episode. Uh, so in Vegas next week, you know, I'm going to be keeping in my nutsack. Uh, Raj, I'm sure you as well. Blue Chew, bluechew.com. Guys, you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Well, they're in the past now. And well, when it comes to the bedroom, perhaps you're like Mandy Rose and you need Sonia Deville to help carry you up that ladder. That's what Blue Chew is. It's like Sonia Deville for your junk, helping you get up that ladder, grabbing that briefcase and seizing that glory. In fact, you pop a Blue Chew, you know how it works. You know how you know it's kicking in. Bobby Roode's glorious just starts playing out of nowhere. You look down and you're like, well, I guess it's go time. Now you can increase your performance, get that extra confidence in bed, bluechew.com. They bring you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. This is the hardcore stuff, the stuff that works. You take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever that opportunity arises. Tell us about your own Blue Chew experience. Just keep sending those DMs. Keep sending those emails. Guys, I don't need to see the photos, but I love hearing about it. People are saying that their partner is thanking them. Their partner is thanking Wrestling Inc. and thanking me for bringing something to their bedroom, to their love life. Uh, people are saying about something extra that they're experiencing. I feel like like we're just the candy man giving out boners to all of America and the internet wrestling community with Blue Chew. Now, remember, this is just not for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants that extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. You talk that game 
game. But if you're one and done, Blue Chew can help you follow through for round two, three, four, and more. It's prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visit, no more waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Made in the USA. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment free. Just use our special promo code WINC. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's bluechew.com, B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code WINC to try it free. Blue Chew, the better, cheaper, faster choice. We thank them for sponsoring the podcast, and they're sponsoring StarCast. Check it out next week. I'm going to be there. Roger's going to be there. Roger's going to be a Wrestling Inc. panel, 2.30 on Friday, the Wrestling Inc. Hootenanny, you, myself. Nick Hausman. Nick Hausman. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, Scott Fishman, who also writes for the uh, a, a lot of publications like TV Insider, Miami Herald, uh, does a lot of interviews here on, on Wrestling Inc. But yeah, it's going to be a fun uh, thing at the Tuscany Casino and Suites uh, as part of the podcast movement uh, event that goes that day. So if you have tickets for StarCast, you automatically have a, a ticket for this. So come check us out. We'll be giving away shirts and and uh, playing, you know, having games and, and, and talking about the big topics right now going on in wrestling, how much it's going to change AEW coming on the scene with the national TV deal, the XFL, you know, what that means for Vince McMahon. And we want to hear from you guys too. So it'll be a chance for all of us to, uh, you know, to talk about this stuff and uh, yeah, a, a chance for us to um, interact, which, you know, when we do it on the chat and stuff, it's, it's, uh, it's great, but we, we don't do it face to face. So it'll be a great, a great opportunity for us to, you know, to meet everyone. So yeah, I'm looking forward awesome. to it. Guys, you don't have to tell me about your Blue Chew experience in person, though. We can just save that for the internet. That's better as an online thing. Uh, BlueChew.com. Try it free. Promo code WINC. Just pay $5 shipping. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Two women's matches tonight. Back-to-back. -to -back. Raw women's title match. Lacey Evans versus Becky Lynch. Matt Morgan, how do you think Lacey Evans looked tonight? I thought she looked great. I love that entrance coming out with the money in the green. Yeah, thought it was good. She yeah. looks like a superstar. Yep. I don't, you know, the match itself was what it was. It was okay. Uh, I thought Lacey, actually, I thought Lacey did a great job for the position that she was in. Yes. You know, yes. Her first, this, I mean, when you think about it in, in terms of a sports buildup, this match makes no sense why she got a title shot. She hadn't really beaten anyone. I think she beat Natalia. So as far as if you're doing a storyline in a movie, why would someone get a title shot that's never really won a match on on you know on TV? But I thought she did great because when you come in and you pass the look test, the smell test, the snuff test, like she did, versus the other girls that are on that roster, oh for sure, have been abused and, and ran over, and, and nobody really cares about sometimes <laughs> yeah. by by their past opponents because they have they've been run down by other opponents zillions of times. Their records are all five hundred, right? Um, yeah, yeah. But then give her give her some wins on TV, right? You know, that's what they were doing by having her come in and jaw jack people, you know what I mean, and knock them out. And, and she took it right to the champion. I mean, that's how you hot shot somebody really quickly without having to give a match. You'd like to see that. You yeah. would. But I mean, that's why I had no problem. I mean, eventually, after like the third time seeing her, I'm like, OK, I was wrong. I could see her as a as a, as a main event. Act. I, I think she's a star. I just think, uh, you know, again, just give her a couple wins heading into this. So there's a reason why she gets a title shot. But I thought, you know. I agree with you, Matt. I think she, um, you know, people criticize Vince a lot, but a lot of times when he sees someone that's a star, later on they become a star. So, and this, I think this is going to be one of those cases. So Becky retained the Raw Women's title over Lacey. Uh, when Becky got Lacey into the disarmor, Lacey immediately tapped. Matt, is that a 
is that uh, part of the producer of the segment? Do they talk about that? How long you should wait before doing the tap out yes. in a match? Yes, for, for them, yes. For the girls, especially if someone's grand is lazy, yes. I'm surprised they did it so quick. I think that was the one thing that hurt her is that she could have looked a little tougher. Could have been a mistake by her, but they yeah. usually would go over that. They go over every detail. Gotcha. Um, and after that, Charlotte Flair came out and said, we're going right now. Uh, for the SmackDown Women's Championship, they had a really competitive match, and then they had Lacey interfere in that match mm -hmm. to hit Becky with the women's right. So that way uh, it would soften her up a bit so Flair could win, but Becky uh, still looks strong. What did you think of that choice to take one of the belts off Becky, the SmackDown Championship, and give that uh, to Charlotte momentarily, Matt? Well, to get to what needed to happen, I thought it was very smart. We, we said all the whole time that she needed, we thought she should lose one of those titles because it opens up other storylines and, uh, and and it makes another person. Remember, we kept saying Bailey mm -hmm. is right at the precipice of that level. She just needs to get some damn wins. They need to start treating her like a real act, right? Yeah. She has all the talent in the world to match those girls. Yeah, well, then Bailey cashes in tonight when Charlotte was basically knocked out. Uh, some people were saying they thought the rule was the the champ had to be on their feet or something. Yeah, yeah you got to be, be able to answer the bell. You got to be on the. You got to. Yeah, be, that's not. I don't know how true that is because <laughs> I, I think you just got to be able to call for the bell and tell the ref verbally you're good to go. Mm. I feel like there have been a lot of times where the guys are just out, right? And when they they cash in and like uh, when Seth cashed in on Roman. And Brock, I, I thought they were both down on the ground when he cashed in and came in. And you just can't look at WWE for that kind of uh, consistent no, storytelling. No, no way. Uh, so Bailey cashed in and pinned Charlotte and won. Yep. So one thing I want to ask you, Matt, is after Bailey, it seemed to be going immediately for some photo ops in the crowd. Is that talked about in Gorilla where they say, "Hey, there's this sign out there that says Bailey in the bank. Run over there, and we'll get a shot with you with the people surrounding you." Uh, is that sort of stuff? Referee, if you look to the referee sitting there, coach telling her as well. Gotcha. You, um, and there's the, some security as well that work for the company that end up look like they're working for the arena, but they're really from backstage. They do as well. Gotcha. You can see uh, the referee talking to her plainly. Yeah. No, I thought it was great. I thought tonight. Well, it's amazing, right? Given how poorly Bailey's been booked. You've said this all along. The crowd loves her. You thought for a while they screwed it up, but tonight. Crowd popped for that. Mm. They were very, very excited to see her win and see her as the SmackDown Women's Champion. Now, uh, Raj, you, as probably the expert statistician, statistician amongst us, is she now the first ever women's WWE Grand Slam champion? She has got the Raw title, True. NXT, SmackDown. And women's. Yeah. Women's tag titles. Yep. Yeah. She is the first. I mean, there can, only, there can only be four, right? Like her, Sasha, uh, um, Peyton and Billy. Peyton and Billy, but... You know, none, none of them have done what an honor. that. So. Yeah. Honor. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, Charlotte has a more unique distinction in that she was Divas, NXT, Divas main roster, WWE Women's Champion, Raw Women's Champion, and SmackDown Women's Champ, but no tag title in the mix. So mm -hmm. good for Bailey. I'm hoping she holds this for a while. I'm worried that in less than a month, SmackDown is taping in Sacramento, which is pretty darn close to her hometown. That's where she <laughs> lost last time. Yeah, the hometown, hometown job coming up do you think they keep her with charlotte matt going forward why not yeah no what, I, what else else. I mean what else do they got you know yeah um there's no one else at that level right now i mean naomi clearly is but um 
she's not being pushed at that level. Um, yeah, I just think everyone's they, they've done the 50 50 to death with all the women on that roster to where there's just not nothing, nothing else you could do. Agreed. Uh, backstage, Elias attacked Roman. Then Elias went out to the ring, did a promo on electric guitar as opposed to acoustic. Uh, Roman came out for their match, hit him with the spear, covered him from the pin to win. It was short, but it kept it going. That's probably like 15 seconds, I think, this match was. Yeah. By the time it got going. Which was good. This was good for Roman, though. Yeah. He should not be having a competitive match with no, Elias. That's, that's why this was good. This whole segment was good. And Elias still did get over in this segment, believe it or not. He got his time in. Yeah. And then we had Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles for the Universal title. Matt, what did you think of this match? Awesome. Loved yeah. it. Loved the reversals. AJ's working with an injury, don't forget. But I, I love the fact that they paid it such close attention to so many details that I think some of those reversals for reversals went over some of the fans' heads. There was one really cool one. We went for like a, I want to say a hip toss. And, and AJ looked like he was going to arm drag, and he looked like he was going to arm drag him, and he pulled him back up. You, you guys got to watch it again. And I, it went right over the fans' head, heads in the arena. They didn't even pick up on it. it. It was so damn pinpoint perfect as far as all the reversals they were doing. I like the match a lot, but uh, I was hoping AJ would win. That stomp <laughs> into the Styles Clash that AJ uh, turned into, nope. I thought AJ had it there. I thought that was the end of the match. Nah. It was great. I wish he did, but no, that was a great, that was a great match. I thought, I mean, I honestly thought this was my favorite uh, WWE match of the year so far. Um, wow. I, I can't think of any, other, I mean, what else is there that that's kind of close to this? I mean, Kofi and, and Daniel Bryan was more emotional, I guess, but as far as just a, a match goes, I thought this was uh, the best match I've seen in a long time, um, WWE wise. And that was great. I'd love to see, you know, right now the, the bookings are the, the uh, advertised shows this summer are for uh, Seth to face Baron Corbin. And I'd, I'd much rather see AJ turn heel and yes. keep this feud going. Man, go do an Iron Man match. We yes. haven't seen those in forever. Right. They're so, you know, this could be a hot feud. They're, they're, they have great chemistry. You saw it tonight. I, I think they should just keep going with this and not, and I, this isn't any disrespect to Corbin. I think Corbin's been working hard. I think his outfit sucks and it brings him down, yeah. but uh, I just think uh, this is the way to go. Yeah. Uh, interesting that they counter-programmed against Game of Thrones with this match. And then, well, they, I mean, this was planned way ahead of time. Game of Thrones, you know, I, th I think their schedule got, came out just a few months ago and oh, I don't no, mean match wise. I'm saying match wise. Right we're done yeah. here. We're <laughs> I'm saying match wise. Dragon were... ass, Glenn. <laughs> I'm saying match wise. They were looking at when game of Thrones was starting when they oh, put this I together see. and decided to go with these two matches. Uh, the two longest matches on the card. I, I don't that's think, I don't think that's it. I think they want Lesnar was the big surprise. So they want that at yeah. the end and you want to spread the world title matches out. Yeah. Well, uh, so Seth Rollins retained in that. And then, we had a quick cool down match with Lars Sullivan coming out and beating the crap out of Lucha House Party. Yeah. Uh, he did not yeah. get over tonight. The fans didn't care at all what he did. Do you think it's the backlash or do you think it, it wouldn't have mattered no. either? No, I don't think it mattered. I think Sting took me. I don't know if they're. I don't know if they're having his grow, him grow his hair out because of controversy, but he, he needs to shave that head. <laughs> yes, he does. I agree. This whole thing is so interesting to me. I mean, we've never seen a controversy like what he's had um, yeah. specifically. 
it's rough. I mean, yeah. these are things that were done a long time ago to come back before he was with the company. And uh, well, he was in developmental for part of it, I guess is why. But the ones that were when he was in developmental were not that yeah. bad. Uh, the, the really bad ones were, were back in the day and he was trolling. Um, hmm. I don't know I, whether who knows what he really feels. I, I believe him when he says that, uh, you know, Titus O'Neill is a great ambassador for the company. And when he firsthand has talked to Lars and says that, he believes that Lars was sorry, didn't mean it, and uh, he, he truly regrets what was out there. I believe Titus, you know, hmm. as opposed to people that aren't there. So yeah. I, I think, you know, he regrets it. He paid his debt. $100,000 know, $100, fine. $100,000 fine. Matt, did you ever get a real fine in WWE? No. This is only the, the second, third time I've heard of it. Steve Austin got fined 250 grand when he wouldn't lose to Brock and came back. Uh, Batista was fined 100 grand uh, for blading in a match with Chris Jericho. And then Dean Malenko was fined $5,000. He was the agent in that match, and Jericho was fined too. But uh, huh. it's, it's a stiff. I mean, when you know how much people in NXT make, it's the average salary is 80 grand. This is a stiff freaking fine that he got. He, I mean, it's going to take him a long time to be able to pay that so in my opinion he you know he's he's paid it you know i mean he's i'm moving on from this i think he 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 got punished it was an appropriate punishment i thought it was actually excessive but um you know it's time to move on hmm. uh kevin owens versus kofi kingston for the wwe world heavyweight championship how did this match uh live up to your expectations matt I like Kevin constantly trying to get heat from the fans. Yeah. I dug that. Um, he works his butt off to be the heel in every match he's in, which is a lost art today. Um, everybody's always so worried about getting their, sh their crap in. They don't stop and get heat anymore. And he gets good old-fashioned heels heat, so I respect him. So I, I like watching his stuff because of it. He draws me in more. Um I didn't understand taking out Kofi's sneaker. I don't know if I missed something there. I didn't understand. Yeah. He ripped that off and I chucked it <laughs> at the table. <laughs> All right. Well, what the hell was that? I popped huge. Though. I thought they were going to do an Eddie Guerrero spot. I thought he was like, was he going to like crush his like legs, his ankles, his Achilles tendon? Like, what was he doing? I don't think I could think of. I was like, why is he taking the sneakers off? Are they unguarded now for him to injure off the top rope? Oh. I couldn't think of what the hell was the point of that. Yeah. Yeah. Made no sense. But other than that, um, I, I love watching his matches. I do. That was good. Um, Kofi is the one that I am very worried about. I continue to. I, again, the backstage pre-tape. Did you see the pre-tape before the match? Mm -hmm. You tell me between the two guys in that promo, who cut a more money promo? Xavier Woods did. I mean, Kofi wasn't looking at the camera at all. He was... Uh, I, I want Kofi, you know, I want this thing with Kofi to succeed. I want him to be yeah. a, a top level guy, a legit top level guy, not just he's put yeah. there. Yeah. And but because he's got to dig deep, and, 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 and you think it happened by now? Just he's, react. He's got to get rid of Xavier Woods. He can't have, he's, you know, it, it's weird when a baby face has backup, you know, and the heel doesn't. Um, and and I, I just think he, he just needs to break away from the new day stuff a little bit. They could still be his buddies, uh, but he needs to be his own guy. I was hoping Big E was going to come back and dev it and just crush him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, I guess he was backstage, um, but um, 
Yeah, I, I just I just feel like Kofi. I thought the match was really good, but the mm-hmm. crowd they just lost steam when Kofi needed to do the grabbing the rope for the to break the pin. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I just felt like the crowd wasn't into it. When Kofi hit Trouble in Paradise, they popped for the three count, and then it was just silence. There's still listen. There's still residual leftover heat from WrestleMania that he still has, right? For getting this push out of nowhere, right? Hmm. It's still it's still lasting. That it's after yeah. that we're experiencing with these fans across America, right? They're getting a chance to see a guy they've seen so, so many years bust his ass. Now they're coming to his town as champion. So you know what I mean? So they get the experience. If you notice after five minutes it starts to decrescendo. And it's I don't know what it is. I don't know if they're over scripting him. I know he's a huge wrestling mark. He's a huge fan. So I know, like I've told you guys a million times, he's had to have cut this promo like a zillion and one times. This yeah. man, he's had to have. And I just don't know why he's not telling them, I got this, going, I got this, go away. And yeah. do whatever he wants to do on the mic and, and, and come from the heart instead of yelling and doing that weird voice that his daddy does when it's promo 101. And he's using what they're telling him because tonight he said in his promo, and I'll repeat, something along the lines of, I don't want this just a hell. I don't want this a lot. I want this a hell of a lot. <laughs> Come on, no, you don't talk like that. Right. I know him. He doesn't talk like nobody talks like that. No. Yeah. 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 I just think, but if WWE comes to him and they're like, "All right, well, after you throw the pancakes, you gotta, you know, <laughs> you gotta say this," and him where he was six months ago and where he is now, is it just a, a thing of just being like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna do what they say." Uh, I'm not going to rock the boat because I'm getting these opportunities. I, I don't want to be a, a troublemaker. He's done everything. He's not a new guy. He's done everything with his company. He's won everything. He's seen his push loss, though. So he has nothing to lose. What's he going to lose? Maybe if you fire him, great. He had a great career then. He, he can go home with his head held high. That I stuck up for my, my own self. I wanted to do something different. They didn't want me to do it. Oh, well. See a WWE. I was here for like what ten years. I won every title there was, except for the you know. It, I actually did win the, the the heavyweight championship. I think he would definitely roll the dice at this point in his career. Hmm. Why we'll see. not? Can uh, Brock cash in on Kofi? Ugh. I don't care. I'm so annoyed with. I can't believe I'm, I'm so annoyed with Brock being back at all. I really am. Yeah. Well, so let's talk about that. So Kofi retained over Kevin Owens. Then we had a really, really great men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Yes, it was. Aaron Corbin, it. Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, Andrade, Randy Orton, and Ali. Seven out of eight men. Who's the eighth man going to be? Who cared for the majority of this? Because yeah. it was awesome. awesome. Matt, what were your favorite spots? Oh my! We're all of them. I, like I mean, that serious. Like there was so like even Drew. Toward the end, where he just picked uh, Ricochet up, was it Ricochet or, or, or Ali? Grabbed by his face, just chucked him over the top rope, and oh, yeah, oh, there was a ladder he landed on that we forgot all about earlier. That was it was Ricochet, yeah, the announced table. Um, but the power bomb, the 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 sunset flip power bomb from what's his name, Andretti, up to uh, uh, uh oh yeah, Aller. yeah, holy, I've never seen anything like that. It's awesome. Absolutely awesome. And Raj, to your uh, tweet and point, I did think Ali was Nakamura for at least half of the <laughs> right, Yeah. I mean, he's like wearing his gear. It was like he borrowed it. And yeah, then red pants and long hair. The hair. Yeah. Yeah. So he keeps doing, yeah, so he keeps slingshotting himself through the ropes like every 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> That's a gimmick to enter the ring every single time. I mean, <laughs> this- you know the thing you do, you slingshot yourself through the ropes, keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> this was great. I mean, given this era, given these performers, I mean, this ladder match was incredible. How, how, how much must it suck when you're like busting your ass, you know, seven guys and knowing that none of you are going to win anyways, you know? 
I think you, you that, well, if you're a performer, you don't. You're right. You're not that big of a mark for it, right? You, you're not. Um, you want to crush it, and you want everyone to talk about your your part of the match. Finn Balor, for instance, made sure people are going to be talking about what he did in that match. Randy Orton kind of wears his heart in his sleeve a little bit, and I felt like he looked uh, really annoyed at the end with, uh, with <laughs> after Brock won. <laughs> I didn't see his face. I didn't see. He his... looked like just like this is freaking stupid. I threw my uh, remote, uh, my my uh, gimmick remote. I, I I was so pissed off. <laughs> yeah, uh, not in a way. Hang on, not in a way. WWE, we're gonna get m- money from me. I'm gonna come to the arenas worldwide to see Brock Lesnar get beat now not that kind of heat yeah yeah i think i think that was the problem with tonight is okay uh glenn if you want to yeah. go through what happened and then well no i mean it essentially got uh, to the point Brock's where been. yeah i mean just brock came out near the end right i think it was yeah. ali who was uh going up there was the last one that looked like he had a chance and then all Brock, the guys were out of the ring on, he held it. He yeah yeah on that briefcase I'll how look. stupid do they make him look by you're, you're like a foot away and by the time Brock's music hit and he gets to the ring, that's like a you know forty-five second. You could get up that other rung and grab the briefcase. But they all do that every single time. They, my the, my favorite is when the guy puts a ladder up that's not tall enough. Which if you look <laughs> go back and watch, Orton did earlier. Yeah. But uh, real quick, uh, I was saying Ali was climbing the, uh, the the ladder, had a hand on the actual briefcase. I thought for sure he was actually going to win here. I was like, Holy, he's going about to win this. Raj called it. Who when you guys called it? And then boom. Brock's music hits. Everyone's jaw hits the ground. Everyone bleeps themselves. Brock comes out with a shit-eating grin, tips the ladder over, and puts another one up and takes 10 seconds to do so. With a he had a hard time getting up there. He was scared. He looked like he was the first time to climb the ladder. I don't, like I don't like heights. I would have been scared, too. So Brock <laughs> climbs the ladder, grabs it. He's your new money in the bank. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and they go off the air with uh, Brock smiling. Do you see when he knocked that ladder over and like a bunch of cameramen? Yes. In the face? <laughs> I popped for that action. That was hilarious. There's like three camera guys. Like, <laughs> <was> like, ah! <laughs> this whole ending is like Vince trolling us. We have one of the all time great men's money in the bank ladder matches. Yeah, Look at all these uh, smaller guys that are doing amazing work that aren't in the cruiserweight division that are yeah. being taken seriously as the main talent. You think they have arrived, and then nope. Psych suckers. Here's Brock Lesnar back to dominate Not everything. In a good way. Not in a yeah. good heat way. Let me be very clear about that. Because everyone yeah. who's watching, well, that's the point, stupid, for you to hate him and get and he's has bully heat now. No, he had bully heat eight years ago. <laughs> uh so Chris Jericho tweeted after after the match, he goes, Awesome to see Brock Lesnar win the money in the bank match, even though he wasn't officially entered. Brock is the future of the biz, and this perfect example of genius booking shows why WWE will remain on top forever. Go Brocko. So uh Bro- uh Jericho taking a pretty uh pretty good shot tonight. Yeah, I was gonna say he's being facetious. Yeah, yeah, he's being yeah. definitely being facetious. It's up and comer Brock Lesnar. Oh, look! I mean, we see it when when ratings get low, Vince goes to what works, right? Like when ratings were dropping. Oh, get uh, in- CM Punk then. Go get anybody else. We just got done with Brock. Yeah. Yeah, but in '96, whatever it was with WrestleMania, uh, the one where uh, it was supposed to be Brett and Sean. Uh, WrestleMania 13. It was supposed to be Brett and Sean. Sean lost his smile. Then uh, Vince got cold feet and switched to Sid versus Undertaker, Brett versus Stone Cold. Wow. Uh, and at that time, Stone Cold wasn't at that level. But um, it, when he gets cold feet, he goes with you know the the guys he feels like are made guys. And so in this case, it's Brock. Back then, it was Undertaker and Sid. Um, and Undertaker, you know, obviously, it's a this- legend. 
but let's make one other thing clear this is a complete waste of money in the bank a contract winner if it's just to go to face seth rollins at that what's the name of it super a, yeah super, super showdown. showdown which is in three two yeah two and a half weeks in jetta in jetta they, yeah, they didn't say Saudi Arabia. I don't think they're going to say the word Saudi Arabia. They'll say Jeddah, hoping people don't know where Jeddah is. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, but basically, three weeks after Money in the Bank, no one has the briefcase, right? Because Bailey cashed in tonight. Brock is, you know, most likely cashing in for that. And I kept sure. wondering why the hell are they doing that last? They never do. It's usually, right. They usually can, uh, um, there's always that hope which always made those championship matches awesome at Money in the Bank was the contract winner could come out that night and cash in. There's always that. That's part of the suspense. Yeah. And to put them last, I, I did not like them putting them last. Yeah. Well, I mean, now we know why. So I'm sure tomorrow night on Raw, we're going to have a lot of answers and know yep. where this is going. Um, we'll know what that new title is. Maybe that'll be something Brock will be involved with, with this briefcase. And real quick. Um, uh, so the Samoa Joe versus uh, Rey Mysterio match was cut short because of the bloody nose that Joe suffered. So he suffered a broken nose, and then they call for it to uh, get cut off early. So they went quickly to the finish right after that happened. It was supposed to be longer. Huh. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, anything else before we wrap this up, Raj? Uh, Flair, Ric Flair uh, is, and man, what a pro Charlotte Flair is for, you know, the job she did tonight. Rick, you know, had a, a medical scare last week. Um, he's going in for surgery tomorrow. Uh, let me see. It's some sort of heart surgery Ooh. that he's going in for tomorrow. So, um, you know, uh, you know, keep, you know, I don't want to make it. We don't. We don't know exactly how serious the surgery is. What it is. So hard, guys. Keep Ric Flair in your prayers tonight. But yeah, keep him in. You know, he's. He's, you know, he's, he's lived the life. So uh, here's hoping that everything goes well. I, I talked to Flair last year on the one year anniversary of his, uh, his of his health scare. And just talking to him last year and he was so full of life and, yeah. you know, so ready for the second inning. So hoping it keeps going and keeps going. And, and uh, yeah, and I'm sure everything will go well. Absolutely. Keep him in your thoughts and prayers. And we'll be back here tomorrow night to talk about Monday Night Raw, the fallout for Money in the Bank. Until next time, we'll catch you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care.